say hello to Floyd Little and Jim Brown, Sean Tucker in the orange record books with his fifth touchdown of the game. All across CNY. Kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. It's the 315. Hardy faking feeds the Grace Jameson. He scores! Here's Brian Higgins. Hey, welcome in. Glad to have you along here on this Tuesday. Tis the holiday season, less than a week till Christmas. You only got me uh, for another day this week. Well, all of today. I guess we can't be putting this one in the wind column yet. We just started. But I'm off Thursday and Friday, so we're going to knock it out today, knock it out tomorrow. And a little post-game show tonight, because we got a game tonight. How about... um, in the same building, same sport, different teams today. 10.30 in the morning tip uh, for the women. 9 o'clock at night tip for the men. Just for those that are, are not good at math, uh, those two times are not near each other. So one game uh, long since in the record books. The women, the, the final looked convincing. The actual gameplay was uh, not as much. The women knock off Albany today, 87-64 game they uh, trailed at the half by a couple. It was uh, just a few possession game after three, and then they hammered him in the fourth, 30-12. So the women have concluded non-conference play, and they are going to venture into the deepest depths of the pool next time they are on the court in the Yum Center in Louisville. That is a week from Thursday, restarting ACC play, won the opener uh, for Felicia Legetjak on Sunday at home against Wake Forest. Uh, Wake predicted toward the bottom of the league. Louisville, uh, not. Not toward the bottom, nor toward the middle. They're at the top, right near at the top. Orange are playing in their next two conference games to end 2022 and open 2023. Um, over the last five years, the best two teams in the league consistently in Louisville and NC State. So that is going to be one heck of an ACC welcome for Felicia Legetjek. But gets through non-conference play. They are 10-2 and right now. Well, the only two losses being the road games at Purdue and Penn State. So that is uh, women's basketball. De'Asia Fair dropped 26 in the win today for the ladies. Uh, tonight, uh, the men have also concluded non-conference play. They also have played one conference game. They also have won said non-conference game. And they will also be playing solely ACC games for the rest of the way. The women have 17 left. The men, 19. Boku Television Inventory all across the ESPN and ACC properties. And it's going to be uh, something to watch this game tonight because we look at this stretch that the Orange are on. They've won five in a row, have, you know, righted the ship after the three and four start. They're now eight and four. And uh, looky here, who's in the dome tonight but Pittsburgh, a team that is in a similar position to Syracuse, eight and four. They had a sluggish start. They have righted the ship a bit recently, and we'll get into shortly how these teams are kind of a bizarro mirror images of each other vis-a-vis the roster construction of the teams. So uh, this is uh, this is going to be an interesting game tonight. Vegas says uh, the Orange is three-point favorites. Should be a close game. And you look at this stretch here, Orange have won five in a row. BC and Louisville to follow. This, in theory, is the trickiest of the next three games, albeit a home game. 
And we'll see. Like the Orange win this game. You get BC. You get Louisville. Okay. Now you're starting to talk. Now you're starting to cook a little bit. And we'll see how that all plays out uh, going forward. We'll get into that more momentarily. Uh, our guests today are all basketball related. We'll focus uh, primarily on the ACC with our first guest, Luke Hancock, coming up at 2.30 today. Uh, Luke's Cardinals have won two in a row. Two-game winning streak. Just ignore their first nine games, which were L L L L L L L L L. So we'll talk to Luke uh, of ACC Network and local radio in Louisville, and uh, Luke does a whole lot. Always good to have him on. That's at 2.30. At 3.30, we will focus on the games tonight, and we'll be joined by Curtis Aiken. He is the color analyst for the Pitt radio broadcast. Probably by 3.30. Like, when you have a road 9 o'clock game, like, at 3.30, you're just beyond the point of, okay, let's let's go, people. We're in the hotel room. Let's go. Now, come on. Can we can we tip it off? No? It's how long away? Five and a half more hours? So, we'll see how Curtis is doing at uh, 3.30, but it'll be good to have him on, talk about this game, and a lot that's going into it. Football early signing day is tomorrow. We think there's going to be a Dino press conference, Dino Babers press conference that we're going to be able to bring to you during uh, this hour of tomorrow's show. It's not officially locked, locked, and locked in yet, but that is the uh, in- initial prognostications of when Dino will be speaking on his uh, signing class. There is some, uh, th- there's not any movement today. It's not a things have happened to Newsy Day as of yet when it comes to Syracuse football. Although uh, that is always subject to change, at least to how the last couple of weeks have gone, where you blink a few times and uh, the roster is different. But we've spent so much time talking about coaches on the move, talking about the transfer portal, who is out, who is in, who's back out, who's back in, what position, where are they going, that we have spent a little but a very minimal time on the normal old school part of signing day, a.k.a. the high school players that are signing to come to your school to play football. It's not going to be a very large class for Dino, seemingly intentionally because of the desire to use the transfer portal, but there are things that are maybe kind of possibly, we're not sure, stuff's happening behind the scenes. Is it? Is it not? We don't know. Maybe something will happen between now and three because that's when we're going to talk about uh, football. But the Orange top two recruits, they are battling their butts off to keep them. And may not know if they have kept them by the time that we hear from Dino tomorrow. So we'll see how that all plays out, but we'll talk a little uh, football croton signing day. We plan on doing that at uh, 3 o'clock on the program uh, today. But uh, let's get into the hoops tonight. Q's Pittsburgh, Dome, 9 o'clock. Me, Devo, postgame after 11-ish. If they want to play a really, really fast game, uh, the host of the post-game show won't complain about it, but we'll be uh, here after regardless with the Burdick Lexus and Burdick BMW post-game show. Devo and I uh, will be with you for an hour this evening. Your calls, your thoughts, your chat on QSportsTalk.com and Jim Beheim's full post-game press conference. So that'll be after the game. What will the game be tonight? Well, I can tell you what it's not going to be first off, and this this is my only guarantee for tonight. 
And this could have been the battle the other way. This could have been the battle the way it is. Uh, there will not be a freshman guard matchup of Judah Mintz and Dior Johnson tonight. That, my friends, is a guarantee. Take it to the bank. What the bank does with it, that's up to them. But Dior Johnson was the star-studded first verbal recruit of this freshman class for the Orange 9,000 years ago. I mean, it feels like it was centuries ago. In reality, it was a couple years ago. Dior was coming, and he was bringing people with him. What's the uh, what's the movie line? Dior's co- I'm coming, and hell's coming with me. Well, Dior was coming. He was going to bring everyone. The Orange were going to win. The Natty, it was going to be great. And then a few weeks later, Dior said, yeah, I'm not doing that. And then he was going to go to Oregon. Then he said he's not going to do to that. And then he went to Pittsburgh, and then he got arrested. It's not gone great. Uh, for the last couple of years for young Dior Johnson. Well, Judah Mintz was going to go to Pittsburgh. That is where he had initially verbaled to. And then uh, midway through his high school season last year, he changed his mind, reopened it. The Orange went hard after it. They already had a point guard in theory committed in this year's freshman class. He's still here. They have him, Cody or Copeland. The Orange had their five. They had one of every position. Ball on the package, ready to go. And then Mintz comes available, and the Orange got in there hot and heavy and got Judah. Now they have their starting point guard. And, I mean, the Dior Johnson story at the moment is a sad one. I mean, he's been arrested for assault and charged and the whole thing, and he's currently suspended from the team and not really involved in anything uh, they have going on. But he has been a name that has circled in the college world around Syracuse basketball longer than he circled around any other school. And he never came anywhere near actually setting foot on campus in a meaningful way. But here's Judah. Would be a pit. Now he's here. And uh, boy, howdy. So Pitt's going to have to deal with young Judah and the orange freshman tonight in many ways. And it's going to be very interesting here because these two rosters tonight both had to be made over from last year for a variety of reasons. Both teams had lots of spots available for people to come in and play immediately this year. And both coaching staffs, Jeff Capel for Pitt, and Coach Beheim obviously for the Orange, they went about it in different ways. And, you know, for different reasons. The Orange had their freshmen, their five and then their six, and they are here. And two of them are starting in Minson Chris Bell. Malik Brown is playing. Justin Taylor is playing. You know, real minutes. Kadir Copeland, you know, a little. And Peter Carey, not so much. Well, Pitt, Pitt also has freshmen. They have four freshmen on the roster, including Dior Johnson. Only two of them are playing literally at all. They are the twins, Guillermo and Jorge Diaz-Graham. And they are playing because they are quite tall. One is seven foot, one is 6'11". But uh, neither are playing more than 13 minutes a game. Like the, the Pitt true freshmen do not have an outsized impact on the result of the games, whereas the Orange do. Like if Judah Mintz tonight goes out and has a great game, the Orange are going to have a pretty good chance to win the game. If Chris Bell continues his positive trends from the last few weeks, that will go a long way for the Orange having a chance to win the game tonight. Whereas Pitt's like, yeah, freshman, great. That said, the other way to get new players, the transfer portal, 
Pitt's entire starting five last game was made up of transfer portal guys, including four of them that are new this year. Only uh, Jamarius Burton was there last year as a, a portal guy. but uh, And John Hughley, you'll remember that name from last year, he was Pitt's big, burly center type. Not, we're not sure if he's going to play tonight. We can uh, ask Pitt's color guy, Curtis Aiken, about that coming up at 3.30. Uh, he, he's been in and out of the lineup with a knee issue this year, and he missed uh, last game for quote-unquote personal reasons. So I, I don't know if he's going to play tonight. But he and Jesse Edwards had a pretty good battle uh, last year a couple times. That was fun to watch. With their very different uh, styles and ways to go about it. But if he doesn't go, and if he does go and doesn't start, Pitt's starting five veteran transfer portal guys, including one the Orange have played against before, Nellie Cummings, uh, spent the majority of his career at Colgate. Blake Hinson is there. He's been at Ole Miss and Iowa State before. He mentioned Burton, Jamarius Burton. Pitt's his third school, Wichita State and Texas Tech. And you can see this. A lot of them, you know, Pitt's like their third big-time school. Greg Elliott came their way from Marquette. And Federico Federico, two names better than one, is from Northern Oklahoma. So he's a, a lower-level uh, transfer. But these two teams have gone about it opposite ways. The Orange have restocked their roster with youth. And Pitt has restocked their roster through the portal with veterans. And here it is tonight. That's the game. The veterans versus the youth. All new players are going to collide tonight. Who's coming out best? And part of the reason that Pitt has had to go to the portal to get the veterans is because they thought they had Judah Mintz and then they did not. He was a verbal commit there deep into last season and then changed his mind. Much to the benefit of the Arch. So it's all weaved itself together. It's quite a tapestry tonight with these two teams. And on top of it, it's Syracuse and it's Pitt. Like these games, and this is not some of those games, it's not the games of the Big East 10 years ago when Pitt was, you know, all and Pitt and Syracuse, when this was ranked V ranked. There was a lot of those uh, back toward the tail end of the old Big East. It's not that. Pitt struggled recently. We know what the Orange are going through right now. So it's not that. Carl Krauser's not walking through that door. But, you know, Houston Pitt, these games, they, they always seem to have a certain flow, a certain vibe, a certain little edge to them that keeps you drawn in, that keeps your eyes hooked on it, that keeps you not quite knowing where the game is going, even if a team has a large lead in the first half. If you get a large lead in the first half of these games, those, those leads tend to to vanish at some point in the second half. So it's going to be a very interesting watch tonight, uh, I think. And, and this is um, this is an interesting roadmap game for both of these teams going forward. They're both sitting here at 8-4. and four. The, the beginning of their seasons have not gotten off to a start that necessarily signals the NCAA tournament is in their future. Though, both have rebounded here over the course of the last two or three weeks. Only one of them is going to be able to keep it going into the holiday break here. It feels like a big game for that reason. When you look at way, way down the line, like the winner of tonight, maybe the one that, okay, they got a chance to point themselves in the right direction. So going to be very interesting. Always is when uh, Syracuse and uh, Pittsburgh play each other, as they will do tonight. Again, 9 o'clock is the tip time in the Dome. Cuse and Pittsburgh, our pregame coverage, will start here at 8 o'clock with X. Then the game will happen. You can listen to that over... Uh, TK99, up the hall, around the corner, up your dial as well with uh, Matt Park and Jim Sadlin, and then get back over here for the post-game show 
and uh, call in myself and Devo will be here post game chatting with you and uh, getting things cooking uh, for that. So with that, we'll take a break. We'll hear a little bit from uh, Jim Beheim getting ready for tonight's game. When we come back at two 30, we'll talk to Luke Hancock, ACC network, local talk radio down in Louisville, former Louisville Cardinal himself. And, uh, you know, take a little spin around the ACC non-conference play is not quite completely a hundred percent over yet, but it's darn near close. There's just a few non-conference games left for the ACC before that part is sealed and cemented. It's not been a stellar non-conference season for the league in general. One more chance tomorrow night for a big league win when Carolina and Michigan play. And Carolina just got a nice one in overtime against Ohio State over the weekend. But we'll talk to Luke about that and his Cardinals about the Orange. Big game in the league tonight is Virginia and Miami. So lots to talk about with Luke. We'll do that at 2.30. With that, we'll take a break right now. When we come back, a little bit of the Hall of Famer, Jim Beheim. That's coming up next year on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. All across CNY, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. You know, I saw something on the news the other day that I, I believe this is the National Weather Service. And I, I guess this is the time they got on their hands that apparently for it to officially be a white Christmas, there must be an inch at least of snow on the ground. So here on the 20th, we're, we're tracking. We're tracking for a white Christmas at the moment. Don't don't recall if we've had one recently. A few years ago, wasn't it like 70 degrees on Christmas? That was uh, disconcerting for a lot of reasons. People were golfing on Christmas. That that threw me off. But uh, there we are. As of now, anticipating a white Christmas here in Syracuse. But right now, let's hear a little bit from the Hall of Famer. It's time to spin the wheel. Let's spin the wheel of Beheim. Okay, okay. Um, what do we got from the Hall of Famer today? How about something on tonight's opponent, the Pittsburgh Panthers? I watch Pittsburgh a lot lately. They're really playing good basketball. They're a completely different team than last year and the beginning of the year. They're good. So we'll have a really tough game on Tuesday. Well, here we are. It's Tuesday. How about that? So Pitt's 8-4. They're also 1-0 in the league, like the Arns, so all identical there. Uh, their win was NC State. They beat them in Raleigh back on the 2nd of December, 68-60. Pitts won two in a row. Their loss recently is a one-point loss in Nashville to Vandy. They got wins against the Fightin' Ospreys of North Florida and Sacred Heart recently. NC State won in Evanston, blew out Northwestern. That was ACC Big Ten. Beat Bill and Mary, Fairley Dickinson, Alabama State. Their losses mostly were early. They had a loss to West Virginia, got hammered, had a loss to Michigan, got hammered, had a loss to VCU that was close. That was in an event at the Barclays Center. So they got four losses. Three of them uh, are more than a month ago. So it's very similar to the Arch. Sluggish start, you know, playing much better now. Sluggish start, much better now. And, you know, what are we always watching on this team? Will the forwards rebound the basketball? 
Last game they did, but last game they didn't have much of a choice, did they? If Jesse's, you know, Jesse was sick, didn't practice on Thursday, practiced Friday a little bit. He thought he was all right, but he couldn't do anything in the first half. I thought the second half he he must have felt better because he was the difference. I think sometimes our forwards think that Jesse's going to get every rebound, so they just watch him, and uh, that's not a good solution. It's not a good solution. It's a good watch, you know, the guy that's top 10 in the country in rebounding. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Hughley plays tonight against for Pitt because Hughley versus Edwards on the glass tonight. I mean, Hughley's a big, burly guy. Edwards goes about it in a different way. That would be an intriguing matchup. Uh, Pitt does have size regardless of that, so we'll have to see. Chris Bell. Shout out Chris Bell coming off a career-high five-rebound game. Can we get six? Do we have six? Six. Maybe. You know, when your career high was only three, it's it's not hard to keep topping it. He can be like uh, those pole vaulters, always setting the record by a little bit. Where are you, Sergey Bubka? Like Chris Bell can do six, then seven. Like he can, he's got a lot of room to keep setting his career high uh, for rebounds. We kid, but he's uh, he's heading in the right direction, which is good to see. You know, still the early stages in the freshman season uh, for him. So Cuse and Pitt tonight. We'll hit that a little bit with our guest coming up in Luke Hancock, ACC Network, former Louisville player, talk show host down in the Ville. We'll talk to him about his Cardinals. That could be sad for all. They're 2-9. Two and Two-game winning streak, though. Big game versus Lipscomb tonight. And uh, what else is going on in the league? Virginia and Miami is the big game in the league for sure uh, tonight. So all that with Luke. He joins us next year. It's QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. Can we review our status here, Cy? Let's look at this thing from a, uh, from a uh, standpoint of status. Can't go backwards. Can't go forward. What am I going to do? Hey, what happened? You have nothing better to do at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Lisa, if you don't like your job, you don't strike. You just go in every day and do it really half-assed. That's the American way. This is a great day. A really great day. All across CNY, it's the 315 with Brian Higgins. Halfway home, here's what's happened so far. All right, what's happened so far? Have you heard there's a basketball game tonight? There's already been a basketball game today. The Orange Women trailing at the half against Albany. Slight rally third quarter, blowout fourth quarter. End up pulling it away and winning comfortably against the Great Dane. School day this morning in the Dome. What was the attendance of that puppy? Let's see, how many were in the Dome? They click in the right place. 7,311 of our finest local school children. Most of them. I love how um, now I'm sidetracked looking at the uh, live stats of the box score. This will happen. <laughs> how, how things kind of get crossed over, especially in the Dome, since it's a multi-sport venue. It says venue, JMA Wireless Dome, artificial turf. I am reasonably certain they didn't play on artificial turf earlier today. Reasonably. Pretty sure they're going to be playing on the basketball court tonight. We talked about Cuse and Pitt. We'll talk more about Cuse and Pitt with Pitt Panthers color analyst on the radio. He is Curtis Aiken. He will join us at 3.30 today. And we also talked to Luke Hancock, ACC Network, about the league, what's going on, his Louisville Cardinals, the game tonight. 
North Carolina, Virginia, and Miami is a big game tonight in the league. That's a battle of pace or not. Miami likes to go fast. Virginia likes you to not do that and is generally very assertive towards that goal. So good to chat with Luke as always. But right now, we have arrived at National Football Early Signing Day Eve. You can cut the tension with a knife. The Orange do not have a large class of incoming freshmen right now. It's 11 or 12 at the moment. And it feels like that is mostly done intentionally so. With the idea of leaving, ish, the same amount of scholarships available for the transfer portal, of which uh, four have already been used in the incoming direction. And it's been so strange, has it not, over the course of the last now uh, two weeks. With coordinators gone, gone, white, an eye, huh? Coordinators in, Beck, oh, we know you. Interim coordinators in, and then full-time coordinators. Oh, look, Rocky Long is here. Then portals in, and portals out, and in and out. And Are you in or are you out? We've spent two straight weeks talking about all of that stuff. What has been talked about very sparingly during that time, which is generally in most previous years, and it's all changed, and it's changed forever because of the portal. But in... Most years before the transfer portal, like this lead up was all about, okay, who you got on your team? Who's a verbal? Who's a strong verbal? Who's a this kind of verbal? Who's a that kind of verbal? Well, that's kind of been lost, at least in our consciousness, but it's still very important. And up in the air right now, it seemed to be the orange top two ranked verbal recruits at the moment. Number one, we've talked about him a decent amount, is... South Carolinian quarterback Lenore Sellers, initially verbal to Virginia, to Jason Beck and Robert and I. They all left there. Came here. He decommits from there, then commits to Syracuse. Fast forward through the year. South Carolina, where he's from, not really interested, not really interested, not really interested until midway through his high school year this year. In October, they got real interested. Real interested, real fast, offered. Now the home state team wants in. Then Robert and I leaves. Then you start, okay, who is he connected to? An I or Beck? Both, one or the other. From all sounds of it, the guy that he had bonded with and who really recruited him the hardest and to Virginia and then to follow to Syracuse was Jason Beck, who is now the offensive coordinator. That feels good for Syracuse. And yet, here we are. Uh, National Early Signing Day Eve. What kind of treats do you put out for National Early Signing Day Eve? Leave a fax machine under the tree, kids. We got to make sure NLI Santa gets his letters. So here is now what it is being reported that Lenore Sellers is going to do. Probably. Most likely, maybe. That tomorrow on National Signing Day, he is going to sign his paper and send it to the school that he is signing with, presumably either Syracuse or South Carolina. But then he is not going to tell anybody what school name was written on said piece of paper until Friday at 1130. 
Because that is a thing that people do now. So it's like a weird drama for the sake of drama, but not for the teams. Like once you sent the letter and the letter is sent. So how he's going to do that without the news actually getting out, I don't know. And uh, what the news is also going to be, I don't know. And is there any NIL involved? I don't know. Does he know any of the answers to those questions right now? I don't know. Does he know? Probably. Well, he knows if he knows. This is recruiting now, people. Woof. So Lenora Sellers is going to sign with somebody tomorrow and then not tell us till Friday. Have fun with all that. Which also means, for this is uh, to pre-answer Dino Baber's question that he's going to get about it tomorrow, which will be interesting. Because he'll say he can't talk about it. But if he's gotten the letter from Sellers, and Sellers has signed with Syracuse, quite technically Dino would be able to talk about it then. But you'd be choosing not to talk about it. Um, because... That's what the kid wants. And if he hasn't gotten the letter, and the letter has in fact gone to South Carolina and Shane Beamer, then Dino can't talk about it because then that would be uh, you know, meddling with a recruit assignee for another team. So normally you'd say, oh, the kid, this ex- so-and-so recruit hasn't signed. We can't talk about him. But in theory, when Dino talks tomorrow, uh, Lenores will have signed, but Dino... Either we'll not be talking about him because he's not going to Syracuse or we'll not be talking about him uh, with respect to uh, the fact that he wants to talk about it himself two days after the fact. Got all that? It's very simple. I don't see what the problem is. As far as a slightly more normal situation, that is again kind of weird. Uh, Vincent Carroll Jackson is an orange verbal. He's a three-star defensive lineman from Pennsylvania. Uh, The deal on him, he's come recently to the game of football. It sounds like he's only picked it up within the last couple of years. He is raw, but physically gifted. Physically gifted to the point that within the last month, within December, he got offered a scholarship by the reigning defending national championship team, the Georgia Bulldogs. Well, if Georgia thinks you might be good at football, you might be onto something here, huh? He is verbal to Syracuse. So order of operations here to the Syracuse defense. On December the 8th, that is 12 days ago, Tony White left. For Nebraska. On December the 11th, this Vincent Carroll Jackson, a three-star defensive lineman from Pennsylvania, verbaled to Syracuse. On December the 16th, that's four days prior to now, after he verbaled to Syracuse, he took a visit to where? Tony White's current address in Nebraska, even though he verbaled to Syracuse after Tony left here. Then he went and visited Tony there. Got all that? Also has a Georgia offer. And uh, when is he signing? Bright and early tomorrow? Uh, no, 3 o'clock tomorrow. We believe Dino to be talking at 2 o'clock tomorrow. This guy is signing at 3 o'clock tomorrow. So that'll be the more normal circumstance of Dino not being able to say anything about this guy and Vincent Carroll Jackson. Got all that? And that is Syracuse's top two recruits who may or may not be coming to Syracuse, may or may not actually be signing paperwork tomorrow, may or may not be sending it somewhere tomorrow, and then may or may not be uh, telling us by the end of the week what they may or may not be doing. And that, folks, is recruiting in the 21st century. And then both of them may or may not be in the transfer portal next year. Breathe out. Breathe in. 
And that's what it is. That's what it all is. So I guess we'll be breaking the news tomorrow on the 315. Where, in fact, is Vincent Carroll Jackson going to school? Tune in 3 o'clock-ish tomorrow. We're going to break it all down. We're going to watch the film. We got tape. We got all of it. Man, recruiting is exhausting stuff. God bless Mike McAllister, how he keeps up with all these things. There's so many players. There's so much. Some of it's misinformation. Some of it's just teenagers changing their mind. Shocking, I know, that 17-year-olds might change their mind from time to time. Uh, One, here's a fact that I can tell you. Devin Leary, the preseason ACC Player of the Year, starting quarterback until he got injured, uh, which was the game prior to NC State coming to the Dome. Devin Leary entered the transfer portal upon the end of the season, two Mondays back. Uh, Today, he has exited the transfer portal to the place he was reportedly going to transfer to. He has gone to the place people thought he might go, and that is Kentucky to play for Mike Stoops and replace Will Levis, who is exiting Kentucky for the NFL draft. Kentucky is playing Iowa in a bowl game uh, shortly where the over-under is under. Under what, you might ask? Just under. Like if they... Neither team has their starting quarterback. <laughs> Kentucky's got like nothing of their offense. Uh, Iowa, if they had all their starters, they can't score, and they they took the starters out. Uh, th- this game might might end up being two to one. I'm not entirely certain. But Devin Leary will be at Kentucky uh, next season, so he's off to the SEC. The Orange are trying to keep a quarterback in the ACC in Lenora Sellers, and would like to have. Some linemen as well. We'll see what Vincent Carroll Jackson does on the morrow. Back to hoops at 3.30. We'll be talking to Curtis Aiken. He is the color analyst for the Pitt Radio broadcast uh, tonight. Houston, Pittsburgh at 9 in the Dome. When we come back, it is the 4-1-1 in the 3-1-5 with our producer, Matt. That is next right here. It's QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.